Hello, welcome to the White Hot Magazine Art World Podcast. My name is Jeffrey Grunthanner. My guest today is Alex Norton, like the actor Edward Norton. Spelled differently though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's spelled the same. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly the same. I'm just not Edward Norton. No. Yeah. Does that bother you ever? No, I don't, I don't want to be him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's great, but yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah and we're here um, to talk about your work, mm-hmm. and, and in particular, the exhibition you have recently uh, installed and put together, mm-hmm. and which by... Uh, um, we're actually here in, in the in the actual space where mm-hmm. everything is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The opening was last night, so yeah, and we finished uh, everything at like five thirty p.m. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty pretty good timing considering all the things you have to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's hanging pieces as well, like with the string and things and. Uh, lots of questions whether or not I didn't know the string was so powerful, but it is really powerful. What do you find powerful about the string? Oh no, just like it can hold quite a lot. Yes. Like one of the sculptures is super heavy, like the, this one behind. Yeah. It's heavy, and I'm really surprised it's not even flinching. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely didn't think that would happen. So. A lot. So a lot of your sculptures are kind of made of, uh, shall we say, found elements that come together basically yeah like um i would say like there are some things that i drew i mean so i'm I'm very drawn to the archive so the archive is something i find very important um uh so uh but then at the same time i i think that there's a lot of beauty that can be found on the street Mm. uh and uh i think i seem to be a magnet to these things almost like foraging True. I remember I was I was cleaning cleaner as well so that's also maybe part of it but i was uh uh uh, I was always good at foraging and finding things. Like mm. it could be clothing, it could be random objects, and so as a result, like um, I was really thinking about like um, getting the objects that I found and trying to contextualize them within it. So a lot of the pieces were actually just me thinking, "Oh, that's funny," and then I had to work out how to then make that object become a reality. Mm. Um, for example, the tolerance towel that we're looking at here. Um, I found a towel. It said tolerance. I was like, why? Who made a tolerance towel? That's amazing. Yeah. I needed a fan. I got it from a friend, customer, um, who I cleaned for. And it was an old fan that I had been cleaning for a while, like dusting off. And it's on its last legs. And I initially wanted the fan so I could do the wind chimes for my marathon medals. Mm. But they're too heavy for the fan. So as a result, I had to then work around it, and then I decided to actually, the piece came from, well, let's waft tolerance in the room. Mm. And so as a result, like, the, the medals are called Wind Chimes of Success, and that's like this spirituality, like this kind of, not, um, yeah, like this kind of uh, finding of the self, mm. in a way. And then um, also to do with also current different political climates and all these different things that we have to experience um, or our people are experiencing in Germany as well. Mm. Uh, I'm also trans, so tolerance is a thing where I'm quite used to people maybe tolerating me <laughs> uh, in some uh, maybe um, 
official spaces mm-hmm. <laughs> or not. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of it is like this sort of like pseudo spiritual, but at the same time uh, prankster element. <laughs> you've 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 built it as a a, a self funded retrospective. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and, and yeah. you're talking about like shifting political climates. You know, in light of the retrospective nature, I mean, what would be like the earliest piece or the starting date? Of... Yeah, the earliest piece, I guess, is the very, very beginning um, with uh, the promising artist section. Ah, yes. So when I was young, I was selected in 1998. So I guess the oldest piece is from 1998. Mm. Um, and uh, I was in, in junior school. I was given, uh, I was found as like a promising artist. Mm. Uh, and so what they would do is take us during lunch breaks, um, whilst everyone else was running around having fun, we would sit in this little weird, like understairs basement and learn how to draw. Mm. And it was such an interesting experience because there was only four of us and we were hand-picked. Yeah. I was like, what is this? I mean, I think maybe every school had it. And so as a result, like I was like sort of given this idea that maybe I was promising, but I don't know, like at the time I didn't mean anything, but um, I, yeah, there's like this monkey that I drew, and I don't know why it's a monkey, it was just something that we did. Mm. And uh, the teacher drew one eye, and then to show me how to draw an eye, and I drew the other eye. So it became this game where it's like, can you tell which version your eight year old Alex like was drawing? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because, like, a lot of, given like some of the found things you have like mm. in, in a way like that's like inherently collaborative mm, in mm. a sense or, or at least like I don't know s- synchronous in, in the sense of like synchronicity or something like maybe mm. like uh, mm. you know you're continuing maybe someone else's mm. significance or journey like like for example uh, looking at the this flower decorated trapper keeper mm. at the moment and um you know, talking last night, you, you mentioned that you, you sort of just found this, like, straight off. And yeah. you didn't really modify it, but you just thought, like, it was, like, very uh, funny and, and, and significant in that respect. And maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's funny, actually. I told this to my friend. Um, I, I was explaining the exhibition to my friend. And uh, I said, I, I have this piece called Meditation, and it's uh, an empty folder. And I was like, <laughs> it's so funny. And then my friend was like, mm, I like all of them, but I don't like that one. But I think it's like funny because I did nothing. I found it. Yeah. But I think that I think for me that's like the idea. It's like this was trash mm. until I picked it up and made it something that people could look at. And that's something I find very interesting. Like mm. a lot of this stuff was not really given a, a chance. It would have just stayed in the bin. But then also this 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 sort of inspired a lot of the spiritual elements because I'm like half spiritual. Like I half believe in ghosts, I half believe in uh, auras, you know, I half believe all these things and I like to be open to them but I'm also like a comedian so I also find humour in all of it wow. and so uh, as a result I wanted to make like this thing where like, I just found it and it said meditation on the side and I was like that is just too good to not pick up and so as a result it's like that's in, it wasn't even a question so it was more a case of where it goes within the context of the other objects. Do you think uh what do you ever think about what it might have originally been used for? Like, given that it's like a meditation folder, like maybe it was like notes or uh, yeah, something like that. Like German legal documents on some kind of um, 
there. Okay. Like a studio, maybe? I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, but they, they just didn't want it anymore. Right. But it's also such an iconic sort of I- image. It's yes. like an image itself. Like, if I had said, oh, I made this image on AI software, yes. then maybe it would be like more validated as well. Because yeah. um, when you look at it, it is quite a strange image. Yes. Like, it's a very generic daisy, but the way it's laid out, it's actually quite... Um, trippy in a way yeah yeah very much so. and it does look very ai i feel like ai when it does its job or whatever kind of sources images like that mm. which is basically uh since this is audio it's 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 like many daisies on mm. a trapper keeper mm. a very um kind of kitschy scene but the kind of thing that when it's activated in this way becomes like highly interesting <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it becomes like this uh very like and, and, and it's funny, I don't think I've ever looked at it. I've only just thought about it as a funny thing. It's like, I wonder if, it, if they no one wrote meditation on the side, maybe it would have completely changed everything. Like, mm. because maybe I wouldn't have even gone down the, the whole route of um, spirituality or things like that. And I, I think like a lot of it, a lot of it, there's like the spirituality, there's the environmental mm-hmm. aspect as well. Like, um, um, for example, um, there's a piece on the wall and I bought this Frozen 2 uh, horse because I just loved it. I was like, this is so cool. Mm. And then I have, there's like a globe, like a little squeezy globy ball. And I was like, I just put the ball on top of the horse. And then I was, and because it's Frozen 2, I called it Global Warming, the sequel. Mm. Uh, and it's this idea that like, I grew up on films like The Day After Tomorrow. Uh, where it was like the whole thing was like, oh, the world's gonna be flooded by well, you know, all these things where it's like Hollywoodized almost. And 2012, the world's gonna end in 2012, right. but it's not, <laughs> it's still here, it's just ending in different ways. And so, I also wanted to make these kind of almost like they're not sadistic jokes, but they can coming from the kind of difficult places mm. and that can maybe help us get through some of these ideas or think of them slightly differently. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, uh, it's, it's always occurred to me, like if, if you had like a glass partition where you couldn't hear someone mm. and if, whether, you know, if someone's like hysterically laughing mm. or crying very morosely, mm. you would not be able to tell the difference. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm. it's, it's just gesture-wise. So, mm. I don't know, maybe, maybe that's like a kind of... Um, cliche remark but it, it does seem like comedy often has its roots in uh things that are often sad perhaps mm. and um mm. like i don't know for example like right here you have the uh sort of almost not, not actually dead fish but uh oh, yeah. soy sauce fish i guess in these uh fish bags yeah and uh you know it's definitely about death but uh in a way that's like quite uh comical yeah, yeah that, 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 that was interesting because I, I think I just found this bag of like these soy sauce fishes yeah. and then it was always my, I had this idea that I'm going to put them in a fish bag because I've always loved fish bags and I was always wondering how are they so strong mm. that they can hold water and yet it doesn't just perforate. I think it's so amazing. But I didn't have the bags until I was putting the show together. Mm-hmm. So then I went to go get the bags and I had no idea what the sculpture would look like because it depends on what kind of bag you can get. Mm. And so the other side is like this super 
branded, loaded thing. But on the back, there's like a diagram of how to catch fish into these bags and carry them because they're designed for like obviously carrying the goldfish to there and then you get rid of it. Mm. But then I then was looking at them and I'm like, well, wouldn't it be funny if like you had these little hanging bags of fish that aren't fish, but um, talking about how the fish are dying. So the piece is called "The Fish Are Dying." Oh no! Uh, as a kind of like a kind of whatever, and that these pieces are the, both the the cult, the um, what the uh, uh, our environmental pieces are kind of a way that maybe I'm quite cavalier about climate change. To be honest with you, I probably should be more like thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of us are as well. There's a lot of things to worry about. Yes. So maybe they could also highlight the fact. Oh, maybe I should, I don't know, stop eating fish. Or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's, it's interesting because, like, obviously, you started with an idea, and you you had the idea, and it was a matter of kind of putting it together and presenting it. Mm-hmm. Once it's presented, it takes on like a, a formal kind of sculptural quality mm-hmm. that is also very interesting. In, in terms of maybe being like cavalier about environmentalism or, you know, because these are all kind of like droopy, you know, and the way they're hung, they're not quite like sequential to the, like, you know, like the rhythm is like kind of, you know, it's like one and then like one, two, you know, mm. and um, I don't know, they, they remind me of these, uh, I, I told you this last night, but the the fake breast mm, mm, uh, mm. sculpture, which, which, uh, uh, in, in front of me, there's a, a, a plate uh, with, with two wrinkly fake breasts. Um, I don't know what they're, I guess, costume or... Oh, yeah, I, I use it for performance, for, okay. actually. Yeah, yeah. So I have a, a, a very short drag career, but um, I do them as a, to make a character. It's quite a good way to change your body. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also got them because I thought it would be interesting to see how operations could work, all these different, it's kind of, it was used as a gender tool at first, and mm-hmm. then I actually put them, uh, basically it's called breastplate, mm. um, and uh, the whole piece was actually accidental. <laughs> there's a, a piece, there's a plate that I, okay, so uh, a plate underneath was broken directly in the middle, mm. and I really love the idea of a plate breaking just perfectly, it's like, a bit like the broken glass, there's a broken glass photo, which mm-hmm. we can go into a bit later. And then, so that's underneath. But then, and then what happened is I had that underneath and I just put it on the table. And then I put this, I put this plate on the, that's above it on, the, on that plate. And then I cut some paper out because I was cutting them out for, a, a, for promotional flyers or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, interesting. And then I was like, where do I put these breasts? Because I was working with them and then I wasn't. And then um, I basically put them on the plate. And then I literally, it's been on my desk like that for like three months. Even. Mm. And I didn't touch it until I had to bring it over here. And the irony is I didn't touch it at all. Yeah. It's not like I ever, I wasn't like feeling it. But that was the piece that everyone touched. Um, everyone. Uh, they had this sort of like feeling. It's like, and that was also interesting if you bring up the idea of like, should you touch artworks in an exhibition? Uh, I've always felt like I want to, but there's some spaces don't really allow that environment. But the interesting thing was that they actually, everyone was touching everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was almost like shocked a bit because I was like, oh, hold on. I've invited this, but it's also shocking for me to see it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I, I've never touched it. Yeah. Well, you do, yeah. Well, you do have one of the pieces here is a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which maybe we will talk about in a little bit. But mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like the the way that the works sort of invite being touched, mm. like kind of changes, you know, uh, their meaning in a sense. I, I'm there's one sculpture right here which is hanging from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say it's it's made of two coats. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you wouldn't know this. This has been explained to me, <laughs> and. Um, once it, 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 it looks a certain way when you see it, and then, you know, being that it's, it's supposed to be touched, once you lift it, it sort of takes on like a, a different um, tone somehow. It becomes uh, stranger mm. than, than it even looks. And I, I think that happens with a lot of the works here. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, this was, I wanted to, so, like, like, so the show's called It's Not All About You. Right. And so the idea is, like, it, the idea is that it's, a lot of time in life we're told that, like, we're special, we're important, and as a way to make us feel better. Mm -hmm. But as a result, I feel like we kind of, like, in this mode where it's, like, even linked to the, we were talking about the phones earlier, like, everyone is, like, a superstar on Instagram or somewhat, or, you know, like, there's something going on. Potentially, yeah. Potent if you have the thing, and especially in the younger generations, it's getting even bigger. Like, TikTok is, like, you know, the whole thing, which I can't even... Open. I don't want to go into it. <laughs> I don't want to have it personally, but um, the idea is that, like, we um, so the whole show is actually completely about me, but then at the same time, it's also about you because you're also reading it. Mm. But then, and then it comes back to me again, and it's about me, but it's also about you, and then it becomes about me, and it becomes what so it's actually then as a result, this energy goes back and forth, mm. and then we actually actually just start talking about the actual thing itself in a way. And, and so that was also, and it's also like this thing, there's like that uh, Janet Jackson song, it's like, I bet you think the song is about you. Mm. Uh, and uh, I, as a kid, I really loved that. And I was like, yeah, interesting. Like, um, a very interesting song. Uh, but at the same time... You're the, so vain. Yeah, that's it. I don't, I mean, think, oh, I don't think it's Janet Jackson. Oh, it was a cover. Okay, so Janet yeah, Jackson yeah. did it with Missy Elliott. Oh, okay, cool. so That was the first time I heard it. But yeah, oh. actually, You're So Vain is that... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah You're So Vain, I bet you think the song is about you. Yeah. Which is also like something that I also personally have. Like, I have this thing where I think everyone is like either one mad at me or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so as a result, that's kind of a backstory. But so I wanted to like do something that was like being like sort of highlighting my own hypocrisy, but at the same time sort of laughing along with our own sort of shortcomings because I think maybe a lot of people are struggling with this idea of sense of self. But also because being trans and stuff is really weird because you have to be very introspective about who you are because you're gonna make all these changes. <laughs> um, and society's gonna ask you lots of questions about who you are. And so that's also why I wanted like a self-portrait sculpture. And this mm -hmm. is what it is, it's a self-body sculpture. And I initially wanted to do like this like, fantastic 3d printed amazing scan detail and i was like i don't have those skills i don't know how to do that mm -hmm. but i did have these two coats <laughs> and so i was like you know what like let's like make some sort of abstract sculpture which feels like the body of something but can have a bit more like, evolution and that was the first piece that sort of made me think that this is a possible exhibition mm. and everything else led that way um, and uh, the two coats I've had for many years, and uh, the, the orange coat is actually very 
big and heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're holding it, yeah, it feels almost like um, birth, rebirth in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wanted to have that. And then there's also a scrunchie on the arm because I always put a scrunchie on my arm. So that's like a signature that mm-hmm. I can have on the basically, yeah. Which, um, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, mm. the, the, the piece here as well, uh, which, which I really like a lot. And in terms of like, from afar, it looks um, like marble or, you know, and, and I guess it is. It's like, a, a, I would say it's a mug wrapped, mm. wrapped in um, wrapping paper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, but it looks like all of a piece from afar. And then when you touch it, you, you see that there's something inside it that's like wrapped up. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it, it actually is uh, like a keepsake of, of sorts from like something that actually happened at mm-hmm. one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, this one's called Merry Christmas, Dad. Mm. And so many, about two years ago, uh, I went home because I go home once a year so I can go home to see my family. And I bought the present um, and I wrapped it up and then I was like, yeah, cool, I'll just give it to him, whatever. And then he wasn't here, he went on holiday. And I have a bit of a tumultuous relationship with him in general. And so it was like, I'd only see him once a year, generally. But now it's been two years since I've seen him. So basically what happened is I had the, I, I, he went on holiday, I couldn't give it to him. I just gave up and left it in the house. Didn't think anything of it, I was like, whatever. I was upset, I moved on. Come back a year later, so last Christmas, although Christmas just gone, Mm -hmm. and I see it's still there. And it's after two years, and I still don't see him, uh, because we just didn't, we didn't get, we didn't get, we didn't see each other. Mm -hmm. And um, as a result, I was like, well, interesting how life has made the sculpture mean something. Mm -hmm. Because at first this was just like, if I had given it to him, it would have been a throwaway gift. Mm -hmm. It's just a, it's just whatever, it doesn't really mean anything but it's the significance of not being able to give it to him. Mm. And so I could then say, oh, I had a gift from two years ago, but now I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, my trauma around it has like, I've now earned the right to have a sculpture, mm. which I also like to like bring trauma. If, like, if you're gonna experience some trauma, you might as well get some art out of it. Sure. Something that you can enjoy. And so that's what this piece is like. So people can also like feel and from, like also maybe even connect to their own relationship to it um, yeah yeah it's uh, not meant that's not meant to happen <laughs> and it did and that's you know is what it is you know. yeah there's a, there's a lot of um obviously with the art from when you were eight years old mm. to um uh you know the, even even the metals which are which are more recent mm. but there's still like a kind of like winsome or, or childlike quality to a lot of mm. this work mm. which i guess in a way always kind of relates to somehow there's like parental authority, it, it, even if not like your actual parents, but just some mm-hmm. uh, almost like Freudian parental authority happening somewhere that, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to say like this work maybe like challenges that or, or something, but like it's, it's definitely like implied, like whenever something's childlike, there's like going to be like some kind of towering figure in the background saying like but there's also a right way to do things mm. you know so yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it a lot of a lot of the works on view here are, are um in, in in their um comedic quality um uh you know sort of flouting conventions in, in a lot of ways yeah 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's like there's like um, there's there's like quite a family element going on um, mm. within the also the uh, the puzzle. Yes, which is very much like uh, so. The context of it is it's a it's a, a puzzle of my grandparents waving goodbye from the car. So. Every, I mean, I guess most families do this, but whenever you visit your grandparents, they always come to the door and wave until mm. um, you don't see them anymore. Yeah, it's like a family; it's a tradition we've done for years. Yeah. And so then I just, I was like, well, let's take a picture of this moment. So it's actually zoomed from the car window. So the quality of the picture is obviously rubbish, but mm-hmm. the composition is actually remarkably okay. Um, and um, so then I was like, well, let's put it into a puzzle. Uh, I just thought, why not? And then I just never got around to building it. Um, and then it was when um, yeah, my, my partner was uh, talking about the idea of, um, you know, my partner's quite good at puzzles, but then at the same time it was like, oh, let's um, put it together. Um, um, but then we just didn't really fully get around to doing it. But then they also, she was also mentioning that it was, uh, yeah, um, like this feeling of like, if people can do it, then in the space, and it can be built um, in the space, mm. so it gives something like that. And then interestingly, just like the mug, life also starts to take on a, a new thing. So mm. I made that puzzle, I well, bought it yeah, back like two years ago, and then obviously then time has moved on, and my granddad has got quite a lot worse in that sense, health-wise. With dementia, right? Uh, yeah, like yeah. early stage of dementia, basically. Mm. So he's now in this position where he can't really see or hear or remember and he forgets. And so in a way that is a lot like um, how it could feel if you have, um, don't know who you are, is a puzzle. Yeah. Because I look at a puzzle and I go, I can't even think of how to do that. Mm. Um, I don't want to do them. <laughs> I hate puzzles. I did this one of a dog over the fridge, and that took me about an hour and a half. Mm. So I'm really not a talented puzzle maker. Um, and so, but yeah, so that, there's this idea. But I also liked the idea that this then space with that you're kind of putting together the pieces of his mind again. Yeah, yeah. And actually, last night his face emerged. Interestingly. Yeah, people made the face, and it was like, why his face and not my 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 nan's face? Yeah, no, it's 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 super interesting how kind of like a lot of these objects, which they're not all found, obviously, you know, but but they just given that they're here at all, they tend there's like this other narrative that's like kind of crystallizing around them, mm. and um, yeah, it just adds like this new dimension to to what they. Uh, what they are, really, yeah. Like, what about, like, there's this canister, what do you, a cookie, cookie can? I guess it's a cookie jar yeah, thing or whatever. Cookie can, yeah, yeah, cookie, yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting, because I, so I initially wanted to have a, uh, a an exposure box, mm. uh, because a lot of the time with art, like, you know, like, it's weird that in galleries, like, if you go to an event, you would pay only some money, like, to get in or whatever, but in a gallery, you don't. Mm. And if I, I mean, it's the way it is. But so I was thinking of like having this sort of like exposure box. So if you put it in, you have exposure to the artworks. Mm. Um, but then I was like not completely sure, although the concept, the concept just wasn't fully rounded in my head. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if it's not fully rounded, I don't want to put it up. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, I, I didn't, nearly didn't bring it with me. 
Because in a way, the, the way it feels like in Germany at the moment at least, it feels quite like grotesque at the moment in right. general. And this is quite a grotesque image. Whereas before maybe you didn't really, whatever, you're just like, yeah. But obviously you've got like this like basically the flag behind and then the map of Germany behind it all. But then it's like this empty box. And, um, uh, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely has like a kind of a, uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah. It's that's, that's a description of like kind of contemporary events. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, um, and so I, I wanted to like sort of nod towards particular things, but so basically this and, and the tolerance towel mm. are kind of having an interchange. Yeah. And yeah. they're also quite similar in color schemes as well with the red, mm-hmm. black and um, yellow, but that's not really intentional. But I also think if you put enough out into the energy or atmosphere, then you're going to get something back. Mm-hmm. Like, and so as a result, like this idea of tolerance, um, Germany in general, I think, um, because I'm not from here, I'm not German, I have some German, I have school German, but mm-hmm. I've been here for eight years and I, 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 I interact in German, but I, me in German society hasn't necessarily blended, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's okay, I'm not necessarily here for German culture, I'm here for um, the life I feel, and this more international thing, which is fair enough. Mm. Um, but it was also nice to also have some kind of reflection of, yeah. And also I was thinking a lot about institutions and spelling art as well, if you're going to make get funding sometimes in Germany, I have all these questions, you know, so how do you exist as an artist? And then my partner gave like a really good point where it was like, uh, if you pay, if you put money in, mm-hmm. you pay me, but then you pay Germany because technically mm-hmm. now some of that is going to go, a percentage goes towards the taxes. Right. So it's this idea that it keeps going back around and around. So in a way, like, you could put money in, but I probably wouldn't want you to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it's like, but then uh, that's also a lot of that is like post seeing everything and like so a lot of the time you know you don't really know like what it is until you spend time with it you know yeah yeah but it wasn't necessarily intentional because i didn't i thought i was like maybe like in it felt almost wrong to put it in the show right but then i was like well why not yeah but there's there's a kind of a lot of wrong Mm. at least sentiments in the show somewhat of course um i mean even the dildos part could be you know the 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 grandfather with dementia like half formed in the puzzle yeah i mean it's funny but you know it's one of those things where it's like ah you know it's kind of a throaty laugh there's a cynicism in a a lot of it yeah but that's also i also think it's like life i think i think life is hilarious like life is at least my life is kind of somewhat of a joke but then I think that's because I if I didn't think of it that way I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning you know I have to have a sense of humor or I would just cry every day have you ever heard of um that there was this uh surrealist figure I think his name is pronounced Jacques Fache I don't know he was kind of like the Neil Cass what what Neil Cassidy was for the beatniks like he was for like the early surrealist and um Mm. he had this um philosophy of he called it I believe humore which is when you kind of discover that like the whole universe and every detail is like a big joke Mm -hmm. and that like nothing really is to be taken seriously Mm -hmm. and he took it as far as um uh I think as a joke he uh 
he was doing getting high with some friends and he shot them up with like lethal amounts of like cocaine or heroin and then he killed himself and apparently that was like Ooh. a big job maybe maybe that you know you know so suicide and a double murder comes like kind of part of it yeah i mean yeah that's uh yeah <laughs> maybe, I mean... I'll, maybe i'll edit that part out, but uh <laughs> you know just just to yeah mm. uh speaking of violence mm. um mm. The, you have one piece here that um it's quite lovely um in that uh, it's it's basically a photograph of um, kind of like the aftermath of, of broken glass on a street, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, it's one of those uh, visions or uh, scenes, or, like very detailed that you would see in passing as you walk somewhere. But even though you can notice like an interesting like constellation of um, say glass, stone mysterious white pattern who knows you know mm. and um, other elements like you don't necessarily uh, think think about it or um, you know it, it can be surprisingly difficult to capture in a way that's uh, you know uh, does it justice but uh, here you have it mm. and um, maybe it, was this was this part of a video piece or was this stage or was this just something you like happened to cross yeah, so I was I was in um, university and uh, uh, I studied photography initially. Mm. So I never studied sculpture or anything. I was just later, whatever, drawing, whatever. But photography was what I studied. And we were in Wales, in Cardiff, and I spent a lot of time um, walking around the streets. And Wales is kind of bland. Mm. It's kind of there. So, but then basically, I would. I was surrounded by photographers and my friend had a large format camera and we were just kind of walking around and uh, I never used a large format camera and my friend basically just, I saw it, I was like, wow, this is beautiful and I said, Luke, can we take a picture of this? Uh, can I, can I, can I, and I don't know how to use the camera because it's like a super, very difficult process. Mm-hmm. I use medium format normally, so it's a whole different handheld process than cloak and flash powder whatever that kind of thing um, and so yeah and then we just like took a picture of the glass and I, I don't really know why it was back in 2011 mm-hmm. so it would have been second year because I was graduating 2012 and uh, mm-hmm. yeah we were just looking at it and I saw it was like it's so interesting but I think at the time I didn't really think of it as important I mm-hmm. think it was more like oh that was a nice image that we worked together to take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he did the functionality and I did the framing and made sure. Um, but yeah, like the idea was like, I don't really know, like it's kind of like, I think when it was printed it changed everything because the format being such a large negative, such an a, a expensive process to really get it scanned properly, like I had access to top scanners at uni, mm. uh, completely uncompressed files, and then it was just this, printing it out was a whole different process and then it became something else like 13 years later uh, and I never took a large format picture since <laughs> but looking at it it makes me want to take up large format photography because that's that's the possibility I'm, I'm down yeah. and I want to slow down anyway so it's perfect because it's super slow did you, did you show this to your teachers at the time or was there something this image was just a random mm-hmm. I didn't have it I, I, maybe I could have exhibited it but I didn't I was working on I think when you're in photo school whatever you kind of 
Yeah, I mean, I think I did a pretty good job at not being cringy, but I think it's quite easy to get cringy at some points. Right, <laughs> like like of 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 the, of the works here, mm. that one seems like the sort of artiest mm. of them, which mm. I guess being an art student, mm. that's that's only bound to happen. Yeah, 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 it's also like, I guess I wanted it to be a statement piece, where it's like, it was in part of an initial exhibition in Ex-Girlfriend, I did a group show, the only show I ever did besides this one, and um, I was doing this group show, and uh, I did a whole piece about violence, mm. and so there was like a projection <clears throat> on the wall, and it was projecting blank light, and I had an audio playing of violence, which when it was flashing red, it would be playing whilst the audio is playing mm. of this like person being very violent towards a, a trans woman. I was like seeing it, I recorded it as sort of almost like evidence if it needed to be used. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was like the context of it. So the whole show was about violence and I wanted to have like almost like a simulation of violence. Mm. And I think that's where I started to see the power of having a very big statement photo which can kind of keep everything together like if that's taken off the wall the whole space completely changes mm, yes. like it's not the same show um so i think if you have all these objects as, as as kind of interesting as they may be i do think it's important to have at least one that's got that kind of really refined quality well as 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 a retrospective that uh Obviously, starting at the age of eight up until now, mm, um, mm, you, you know, and it, so obviously there's a comic element, mm, uh, mm. And, and even in terms of like what you've witnessed or things, you know, happen to or around you. There's a violent element. There's a kind of familial element mm, mm. broken, but it seems like you, you've you've overcome it. Um, at least like made use of it mm. um, but there's also a sound component to the exhibition uh, normally right like mm. and and what, what it sounded to me like video game music when I was oh, here last night or, yeah, that, that, yeah that was actually not um, necessarily a completely thought out idea mm -hmm. I think I was like basically I've been obsessed with Final Fantasy 7 like, yes. my whole life and also because uh, there is a part where one of the main characters Cloud Sorry, it's like 97, so I was seven at the time. Um, he has to go undercover as a girl in order to infiltrate the boss. Mm -hmm. And so, like, and he's like, I don't want to do this. But when I was watching it, I was like, I want to do this. Yeah. And so it was like a, almost like a blueprint mm -hmm. for me. And so as a result, it really, like, embedded in me. And so then uh, I did start playing a game a few years ago and then uh, talk a lot with my partner about it as well because like, he's really into it and so am I. And as a result, we also recently made an album uh, very much inspired by that as mm -hmm. well. And so it's just this also calm video game-esque feeling, mm -hmm. which is also about climate change as well. The whole thing is about climate change and the whole world being run by... Um, political forces, etc., like classic stuff. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't intentional, but I've been obsessed with that music, and I love it. Like it's like my, it's, it's the, what my heart sounds like. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it was accidental, but I'm happy that they, I kind of wish I did do a bit more conscious sound work, but yeah, maybe in the next few days. So, <laughs> and, and so, so maybe following this though, we could maybe talk about some of your organizing and performance work as mm, well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, 
obviously like has a role to play in, in the works on view, mm. but also happens outside of this exhibition and uh, mm. uh, these objects. Um, mm. So yeah, um, did you come to Berlin originally to sort of uh, be a performer to fulfill kind of ambitions uh, within that realm that maybe you were not able to do as readily uh, in Britain? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because when, when, so I lived in Brighton before I came here. Mm-hmm. I was there for two years, and I was like thinking. I basically I did this performance before I left, and it was called Genderous Performance. Mm. So this was before I came out, and so I wanted to tell some people about maybe some of the processes I've been doing from a very young age. Uh, basically, dressing in a different way without anyone ever knowing, like this secret thing. And so I did this performance called Genderous Performance, where I just got ready. Actually, I can't. It's online somewhere, and I can't watch it. I can't watch it. It's like an hour. It's like horrendous. But it was like the first time I really got to the point of like maybe you could start performing yeah. because I had been like yeah like I've been a teacher, so that's also performing. Like that's like everything is a performance, but I hadn't specifically performed. So when I came here. I was doing music and I was doing like sort of like, um, was like kind of poetry, but not necessarily. I didn't really believe in myself as a poet until I started doing poetry here. And then as a result, I became a poet. Mm-hmm. And then all the stuff that comes with it, like being on the stage became very normal. Then people like start to respond and they're like, oh, I, I like the poetry you're doing. And then you have poetry friends and you mm-hmm. hang out with them. And then you have poetry, you have this competition and then you keep writing and then you have a poetry workshop thing and then mm-hmm. it's like a whole thing. And then eventually I, I built up this huge archive of poetry which I was then performing for many years. And I still can, I did a performance recently about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, as a result, it's not really something I, I'm into as much now, but I do like the fact I have that in my repertoire. But then that got me into performing. At some point, I quit that stage or that community because I wanted to. Um, uh, then I started to realize that I was more funny than serious. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I found this through performing poetry, I found that you can develop an uncomfortable environment that you can control. Do you think poetry in particular is, like, is, is more like burdened with like the seriousness? Than... The first poems I was writing were like so serious to the point okay. where I can't even read them out. You were spilling the veins. And, it was know, really intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. so intense, especially because a lot of it was to do with gender. Like mm-hmm. a lot of it was like to do with my past and the traumas of like hearing the stories from my uncle about all these things like that he would tell me and like yeah like there's I had a pretty nice childhood but like there's there's a lot of sadness also around some of the the stories that we we live within um and so yeah as a result poetry was a way of doing that um but at some point when I was going through the poetry works I was like this stuff is not how I feel. I cannot, because at that point it's not even artistic, it's more just like, I need to get this out and tell everyone. Mm. And that's not necessarily how I want to work anymore. Mm. Um, but yeah, like poetry for sure was like, now I think poetry is more like this absurd loop of like, I'll write a poem every like month maybe, if mm. I feel like it, but that's it. And so, and then I like story writing, that led to story writing as well. Like. Because uh, I work on the train, I'm just writing stuff down sometimes, and you just go for it. Um, and then when you read it out, it's quite nice. The fact that you're able, like, you know, uh, 
I mean, we should talk a little bit about um, important publication and what you do with that. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. But um, you know, I, I went to the last uh, event you organized, mm. and you read the Hedgehog oh, yeah. story. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that you wrote that online, it was just amazing to me. Like, I do not have, like, when I write personally, I, I need like to like shut the doors, close the blinds. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I wrote it's, it on the keys to yeah, the, the Deutsche Post. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's amazing <laughs> that you're able to, to do that. And, and it, it's I, I'm assuming like you just sort of wrote it out, and that was kind of it. You didn't necessarily. I didn't edit it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. I edit when I read sometimes. Yeah. If there's things I'm like, mm, I don't like the combination of these two ideas, yeah. so I'm going to remove them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the only editing I do, really. Wow. <laughs> it, 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 so, so, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a very funny story about hedgehogs, mm. uh, little hedgehogs. You used the word little a lot. It was, it was very cute, but it was also kind of a, a sad love story in a way. Mm. And, uh, yeah, but just, and it wasn't short. It wasn't just like something you would write, in like, or maybe you wrote it in the notes app, but it wasn't like a short note. It was an actually, coherent story that you wrote online where uh, on my notes yeah but where, where were you online at uh, I was just I was I was just standing in the queue with my phone and I had my notes yeah, yeah. and I was writing like that because the queue's really long and then I can dodge a post right so I was like oh hedgehogs hmm funny and then I just went uh, just go and because I have like hyper focus so I just like don't really know where I am wow. and so actually it's quite useful for me because if I'm standing there and I'm aware of myself then I'm just going to start public raging and I don't want to do that yeah. so at least if I do that I'm like oh great and then I start to do I'm like hold on I haven't finished the story yet and then I finish the story when I go there yeah. so I also like to set time limits yeah. like on the train is perfect you write a poem on the train you can't continue writing it after you get off right. so you have to then it starts to influence what you're saying yeah, yeah. And so as a result, but I did that many times. I read this story on the bus once because I saw Avatar and I was like, hmm, I wonder what happens if blue people bought water. And yeah. then I just go for it and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, but That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. That was really fun. I'm actually going to start writing maybe a story a month. I like that idea. Mm -hmm. Just because I, I don't have aspirations to be a story writer, but I do think that there's a beauty in stories. and. Um, you could release a collection of stories. Train train poems such such as you uh, would write them could could be an interesting mm. uh, like chapbook or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's definitely something I thought about. I want to make my own poetry book. Uh, yellow, yellow is a color. Yeah, I'm holding a kind of um, again kind of like childishly put together. Um, scrapbook slash zine slash mm -hmm, mm -hmm. chapbook pamphlet mm -hmm. of sorts and um, these seem to be documentations of your childhood and significant experiences pre-Berlin I want to say yeah basically like I so I, yeah, I, I'm quite a procrastinator so I was meant to be doing my Jurassic car park which we can get onto a bit later sure. but um, I was meant to be doing that, but I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I just, and then I was going through my archive, because I have a huge photography archive, and about 10, or even in university, I think, I just put this little line, this, it's basically like a blob of yellow, and I wrote yellow as a color, and it mm. was just blank. But then I also have all of these photos from childhood, so I basically, I, one of my favorite things about photography was editing. I love to edit and create narratives from context of mm. photos, like on this, almost multimedia within one media, like, old found footage photo in a way with like a, a, a exposed Polaroid that's blue and it goes wrong, you know, like, and then how titling and dates as well can just make it like, 
and so I just got really into it, and I said, "Oh, I'm going to make this. I'm going to make. I'm going to finish this book that I intended to start." And so then I also wanted something in the space that could be like almost like a direct portal to like you can see like the poster has me when I was like 24 or mm -hmm. something uh, or even younger um, in different ways into that blue and yellow no, no, blue and pink sorry and then you have these different like drawing makeup on the face like a kind of like a clown show at this point um, as like a kind of thing and but I also wanted to have like images of me like from when I was like 2011 or something you know and so then you can start to see this sort of strange evolution uh, but it wasn't necessarily an active choice. And yellow is a colour, I got no idea why it's called that. Mm. I have to ask 10, 13 year old, not 13 years back me, mm. why I did that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also really like this idea of just like doing it, being like, oh, let's see what happens. And, and as a result, it could provide some context. I think, I think this is interesting, as only because if, if you just had this first kind of um, cover mm. or title page, yellow is a color, which is like kind of, um, what would you say, like a kind of beige, off beige, greenish color. Mm. You put yellow on it and then you have written in uh, pen ink, yellow is a color. Just that by itself is kind of an interesting conceptual statement, mm. Mm. which again would, would kind of have the artiness of that early photograph of the broken glass. Mm. But then it goes into something really quite sincere and in that way, very disarming mm. and direct, which a lot of these works um, have that quality. Um, even despite the, uh, like, I, I feel like comedy is often like a kind of distanced mm. appreciation of something. Mm. Mm. Like if you find something funny, you're not necessarily in the throes of it, mm. but you're a little bit uh, outside of it perhaps. Mm. But even then, um, these works have this like, um, really intensely personal quality that's very direct you know like, like these are all things that like you probably have lived with and certainly you've you you have lived with a lot of these objects you know that they're like things you found you archived you kept and now they're um arranged in a way where um they become eloquent in a particular way yeah yeah, I mean, it's almost like a massive oversharing to the point where <laughs> like, it's almost too much, you know? Like, for example, even like the marathon medals, like I ran four marathons in a year. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Um, I just was quite lonely. I didn't really have a lot to do and I just got into it and mm. I just kept going. And then, uh, so then I wanted to like, yeah, like, I, it's like, like, I feel, yeah, like the, 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 this one's called Wind Chimes of Success, which is also somewhat linked to the spirituality. Wind chimes is sort of chill sound, relaxes you, but usually it's not like medals. A, a clanging, yeah, yeah. But also medals also stand for many things. There's lots of medals which have different contexts as well. Mm. Um, and, uh, but there's something kind of almost harmless about a marathon medal. It doesn't have a threat, it doesn't carry mm. a threat. I mean, you just ran 26 miles. Uh, that's it. Well, it's more than that, but it's definitely just that. And so, um, but then, uh, so then these are like precious objects. Like, mm. I, can't, I can't run anymore because I hurt my knee um, because of running these marathons. So I thought, and that's like an old, but like basically, if I have two versions of my life. I have pre and post coming out. Mm. And so I have this life that I used to live. And it's very much like 
sure like I was good at performing it but it's not necessarily who I was but then now I'm living the sort of post life and as a result I have to work out what I bring with me from this very hard line and so as a result it's like the facade goes away but I take some things across like for example the Fast and the Furious Bible as well mm -hmm. uh, which I came up with as an idea like I thought it would be funny I got into that I love the films and I was just curious, and I said, well, what happens if you put all the scripts of the Fast and the Furious in one document to mm. have a Bible that you could just have a look and see? And I was like, well, I hope I don't have to write down every single script word for word. Uh, that would be a nightmare. So I went on to scripts.com, and luckily, the whole script's there. So I copy and paste the script into a Google Doc or whatever. But not the third one. Not the third one, mm. yeah. Um, but there is contention whether that is, for me personally... Uh, it doesn't have Vin Diesel or uh, Paul Walker mm -hmm. um, in it. So is it really a true Fast and Furious movie if you don't have the two main characters? It's kind of a question mark. And so, uh, but at the same time, it just wasn't on scripts.com. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, and so, but then I was also like, like the idea that you, like I'm bringing a lot of these elements of stuff I was obsessed with mm. into the, the world. Uh, where I am now, and because that's that's what makes that's what makes up who you are. Mm. You know, you don't just come out and all of a sudden you're a different person, and you have all these other interests that aren't you. Mm -hmm. I'm still the same person. I just have a different expression or whatever, and now mm. I'm different or evolve. Uh, and so as a result, like I think that a lot of these things are relics to my past and also future. Like, uh, like for example, the dildo drawing um, mm. is very much this idea of like growing up. I probably would be like or like even like in my early 20s I was like oh no you know dildos are gay but actually I love dildos they're amazing mm. because it allows this part of who I am so it's like combining these dildos with like this idea like um, with like other pieces it shows the sort of evolution of growth of mm -hmm. allowing yourself to accept yourself that maybe you've grown up with this sort of eternalized sort of her queer phobia, homophobia, whatever it is, through what you've been told and how you've maybe thought about things. Mm. So I think as a result, like, I don't draw often. So mm. when I drew that, I was like, oh, well, that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. I must have been into dildos at that point. And I still am. So yeah. um, I think that's, and I like to talk about that too. I don't want to, I never want to hide things. I want to tell everyone everything because I think it's important because maybe there's someone that goes oh, I like dildos too and mm -hmm. maybe they're like it gives them the confidence to be like actually let it out and this yeah. is and this is something that's sort of uh, been part of your evolution since moving here eight years ago yeah 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 like as you come out you become a lot more like confident and you'll be like you know what I'm just gonna do it I'm not really worried about what other people may think and it's quite easy here to be honest because everyone is everything you know <laughs> it's not really like yeah like yeah, if anything like there's always someone wilder than you or there's always someone doing something like whatever that means you know um so yeah it's just like i, I like it i like spaces where you can just be yourself and it's totally like whatever mm. you know? if that's it's like that's what you are that's what you are and i wanted to like share a lot of these moments as well i think so I, on that note, uh, it, it seems like a good place to, to touch on the the event series you host mm, and I have been mm, mm. working on for quite a while, and mm. I believe I want to say it's a 
bi-weekly event? Or maybe you get, yeah, was it always been, bi-weekly? It's been every two weeks for like since 2018. 2018. So 2018 we started and then keep keep going and it's had lots of evolutions. So at one point it was called Kunstler Kunstlerin mm-hmm. because I wanted to, after leaving the poetry scene, I wanted to create this new a scene, not new scene, but new community potentially that had like a variety of mediums. So having not, and, and I've seen events that they had like comedy and poetry that's like quite like still black and white it's like mm-hmm. still a diss like two obvious contrasts but like anything and everything where do the weirdos go where mm. do the <laughs> where do the experimental performances that no one really knows exist go and so that's what I wanted to get out in in that event and so I call it Kunstler Kunstlerin because it's also this idea of in Germany that gendered language is also very interesting but also it just means artist which is, encapsulates a lot of people mm-hmm. um and we started it in Keith Bar initially for one or two events, and then we moved to Porapati, where we've been there every two weeks. And- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. And uh, it started off as an open mic and then it started to gain traction and people come in, they come out. Uh, the team has gone really full, like very empty. So it's like gone in and out of its own sort of things. And uh, the idea was to make work without fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Because in my feeling, if once you fail uh, in a performance, especially, you broke it. But when you break it, you know where it went wrong. So you can be like, oh, it broke here. Mm-hmm. But then if you do that again, you don't break there. You break a bit further on. So you can just keep pushing your idea. It could be a confidence thing. It could be a concept thing, whatever it is. And so you have some people that come that have never performed before. Mm-hmm. And then they come on and all of a sudden they're like wanting to perform every time. And then you have like also this evolution, like... Post university, we don't really have like we have to make our own spaces. Yeah. Unless we go to a, get a residency, which I have no idea how to get, or you have to pay for it or something. So, um, the idea is you can go to a space, try things out, get documentation, get these sorts of things, so you can help, and then maybe then it helps push you into something else. Yeah. So do do you think uh, this kind of context you were creating though was was it bound up with like your own evolution as like someone who was coming out and maybe failing at that in a way or, or trying to find out where it broke or and then trying to kind of share in a communal way that sense of uh, I, like newfound confidence in your identity is, is that part of it or am I I mean, I, I mean it's, actually it wasn't linked to identity really at all and yeah. that's for me anyway it was mainly on an art level mm-hmm. like I wanted to push and make weird stuff right uh, I wanted to eat three cans of beans on stage and tell everyone my secrets, like all these things. And I wanted to do these things like, um, I wanted a space that you could try it out. Um, and so as a result, like I could then be the, not the catalyst, but I could be the person that if there's someone shy in the background, then maybe they see me, I don't know, eat, uh, smashing a, a plum mm-hmm. on stage. And then they go, well, ah, if that, that, that's happening here, then maybe I can read my poetry, you know, mm-hmm. on this kind of level. Like, yeah. So then it's almost like, but then, yeah, I think, I think, I think obviously identity always comes into it, but I would say it was very much like focused on like 
I want to see amazing art. I want to mm. hear great stories. I want to hear great poetry. Like, mm-hmm. I love hearing good poetry. Mm-hmm. I love hearing good comedy. You know, mm-hmm. I love obsessing about what this is and mm-hmm. what's happening. So, I would say that that's kind of um, the yeah where it was coming from. And then as a result, it just evolved into something. Mm-hmm. And now it's also taking a new evolution. I was like, where does it go now? Like, after seven years, like, where do you take an event series? You know, yeah, how yeah. do you push it? How do you put it into... We were in Vorspiel a few t- five years in a row. That's, that's nice. But how do we go further? What do we do? Mm-hmm. Do we have our own space? And it's all these questions. But mm-hmm. the thing that's always kept it together is the sense of, like, let's make work because... Why not? You know, let's just keep going and trying to do something nice. I feel like the exhibition thing has that same vibe. Yeah. 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 Same spirit, similar spirit. Yeah. It's actually similar. Even like this film that I made, or we we made, but I wrote and directed and stuff. There was a whole bunch of us that worked on it, and a lot of them are from Kunstler as well. The space. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, many years ago we made it. So. And that was also kind of coming from that same energy, you know. Now that 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 film is that part of the exhibition? Not really. No, yeah. we showed it. We showed it like in January, mm-hmm. uh, January eighteenth, and it's online now. So I was thinking of including it, um, but then I was like, well, I don't really want to overshadow like this, like more sculptural. Like, yeah. But maybe I can also have it. I want, I was thinking of playing it on loop somewhere, uh, just in the corner. Could or do a screening evening too, if you wanted. Could yeah. do that, yeah. Um, I mean, we're gonna maybe have a screening on the seventh, anyway, of March. So it's like it's very much like that project is very much sort of tied over, but mm-hmm. it's definitely linked because like it's like making a film and a gallery were kind of like gallery showing was two and two together. So it was very much like these two things, which were I was driving toward making sure that I could reach that goal. So you made. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the film. So you made it a few years ago. Yeah, we made it to, well, so we finished it, finished it um, recently, mm-hmm. but then we submitted it about a year and a half ago. Okay. Uh, and it got rejected, but that's normal, you know. And uh, uh, what's the film about? Uh, how it's, did it come together? And it's something? like golf and death, basically. So it's this idea of like how you can process uh, memory, feelings, um, the death of yourself, mm. the death of an idea of who you could be, but also who you are to other people. Mm. Uh, all these themes it was like an autobiographical experience. And, uh, and you wrote it. I wrote the scripts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then. And what's um, the title of the film? Uh, four. Four. Okay. Uh, like uh, on golf, you know, you hit the ball in the other hole. You have to shout four to give a warning. Mm. And so, and it's like also like a dark comedy, like. And I like I, I directed it and wrote it. I casted it and uh, I also like wrote the music and like we, we did like I was editing together with um, uh, with a friend of mine and uh, yeah we were doing all these things. So um, it was very much like this uh, experience uh, together. Uh, my friend and I, Joseph, we made it together basically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but obviously we pick up jobs along the way on an independent film screening mm-hmm. or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, we just screened it at Movie Mento recently. Cool. And, um, it was interesting to see how the film industry, well, not industry, but the, how the film process actually works. It's quite interesting. It's, it's definitely not there to make money, that's for sure. <laughs> it's what? a big hole where you can throw money into it. Basically. Yeah. But it's very rewarding when you see it in the cinema. It's like a hole. You can't explain that feeling. Yeah. Like the marathons, actually. Yeah. Similar kind of accomplishment. Cool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like maybe I want to wrap here yeah, a little yeah. bit. I think that's good, yeah. But uh, I kind of also, just for the heck of it, and I'm going to try to keep my voice near the microphone, but Jurassic Park is mm -hmm. another piece we have here. Yeah. That, um, again, uh, somewhat... Again, childish, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but also quite funny in a way that uh, mm -hmm. I don't think children would necessarily find the joke funny. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, literal children, <laughs> but um, to to have a sort of uh, Jurassic Parking in this way is uh, mm -hmm. you know one of those absurdist uh, things that uh, you know at least I find I find it pretty amusing. <laughs> oh yeah, I, mean, I, I basically was like I like a lot of the ideas. I'm like. Uh, like a joke, you come up with an idea. Like that, that, that's like the most jokey one of all of them. It's like, you just think, Jurassic Car Park. Yeah. That's so funny. Because Jurassic Park, but what if it was cars? And it's like, it's almost like so stupid. Mm. But it's funny, but it's also like, I like, I like to, I want to make like these kind of like reactions. I want people to go, ha, I remember I told you some of the titles and you just laughed out loud. And I like that. <laughs> that's the intention. It's like, how can you visualize jokes? And so that was a big, interesting challenge. So I had to collect dinosaurs. So I probably spent about 60 euros on dinosaurs, just collecting them and cars and things like that. And then I had to build it. And, and Did you collect them just for this exhibition or was this something you... Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was just collecting dinosaurs. So you dinosaurs. just bought them like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, over like a period of like two months or something. Oh, okay. I was yeah. just like, now I'm going to find dinosaurs. And so then I would go somewhere. I paid full price for some. I got in charity shops. Uh, and then uh, I just collected all the dinosaurs. Like I used to collect when I when we're editing a film. I used to collect these Hot Wheel cars, mm. and I used to just I get in these loops and cycles. I also have a Playmobil. If I go to one area, I always buy a Playmobil. So mm -hmm. every two weeks, I'm getting two new Playmobils. Mm -hmm. And so like it's like this kind of process. And as a result, I started to build that, and I really loved. I really enjoyed doing that. And, um, and you know those like car mats that you can, as a kid, you have the cars and it's like a piece of plastic and you get to drive the car around. As I really wanted to like create something that was a bit like that, mm. you know, like not this professionally done, like incredible thing. It was more just like, let's make a childish thing. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's the theme of all of it. Like even the, the, the roadmap of how to work out where mm -hmm. the pieces are. It looks like a five-year-old did it. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, that's also kind of the aesthetic I want because it's linked back to this childhood thing. It kind of it kind of resembles the hands of a clock too. The a clock I felt, mm. you know, which oh. give, given I don't given that it's a retrospective, mm. you know, I guess kind of ties in with the whole mm. idea of time passing. And, nice idea. I never thought yeah. of that. Yeah. I think it was also like, how do we let people know what the pieces are called? And as a result, it was like, I, I've done many of these. I've done like three or four of them in my mind. I was like, it was more of a uh, thing being comfortable with it. But yeah, I think that that was kind of, yeah, that was like an unexpected thing. And someone last night was like, that was one of my favorite things of just like, and then you just see people looking around and trying to pick the piece of paper up and then go, oh, this is number five. And then they look in the file and then it's like, then it gives you that. Because the title is just as important as the piece. Like, sure. It's very important what the piece is called. And so I always have been quite passionate about that. I think, I think that often happens, though, with art. It's like, you know, uh, as an artist, you have a certain intention or a certain idea, and this is what it means to you, and then you present it to someone else, and, uh, you know, they take something else from it that maybe you didn't even think mm -hmm. was there. But, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, I can see it in that light. And it's good to be... Mm -hmm. 
open to that and also I, I think it's inevitable you know like like once you kind of formalize something and, and show it to someone it's like mm. it's in their world too yeah 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 exactly yeah and also just like everyone can have a nice time and feel like they can take whatever they want to take from it and then they also have this weird art thing which that's this art piece they can take home with it which doesn't really makes sense outside of the space mm. um, but it's kind of cool you could put it on the fridge and people would be like wow what is that and then um, I mean yeah hopefully I would love if people did that but yeah yeah the whole thing was very much yeah like, I feel like that's a good round off of that like it's, it's a time piece I like that cool um, time machine <laughs> Maybe. Time travel. Yeah. Uh, so, and so this idea for like the, uh, it's not all about you, you mm -hmm. did mention that you, it's been kind of gestating since 2018, and mm -hmm. do, do you think this is an exhibition you would develop in a uh, future iteration, or, or maybe you would do another one, just a time machine? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's an interesting question, because it's like, where do you go from here, like, because mm -hmm. this has basically been my entire life of art in this room, mm. like really filter down, uh, edit it down. So now it's very much like, I would love to maybe travel it around or if, if, if someone liked a particular piece, like I totally would love to show the tolerance towel again. Mm. I think it's like maybe the strongest sort of, in a group show it could do quite well, I think, mm -hmm. because it's got that element to it. Mm -hmm. And there are some pieces which maybe are like the crowd pleasers. Um, but I think it's now given me a chance. So now my plate is completely open. Um, so I want to just make more stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think now I've got the blueprint. Now I know how I want to make work. Mm. And so it's like now I can fill it with new things mm -hmm. um, and these sort of multimedia approaches. So at the moment, it's very much just like drenching myself in this feeling and see the objects in this glory and allow it to there and then see what happens and start again. Yeah. I guess that's all we can do. And then we get old and then we die and that's it. So there you go. Like the, <laughs> like, like the fish. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then new people come in and populate this world. So. Oh no! Oh no! The fish are dying. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh no! The exhibition's over. Oh no! What do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. That's kind of how I feel. Um, but we also have events happening in the next two days here as well, um, which are kind of linking to like motivational speeches and also. Um, aura uh, sessions so the next few days are going to be really nice like mm -hmm. a chance to just like enjoy it enjoy the novelty of being in a, a nice space like, it's a really nice space great uh, for exhibiting so um, yeah I can always recommend Backhouse projects for any project that um, you just need to get out that's mm. really good cool Un unofficial advertising <laughs> Backhouse on the basis of so basically it's really nice to go to um yeah 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 basically yeah. So. all right well uh thank you alex um this has been the white hot magazine art world podcast mm. and this is jeffrey gruntletter signing off <laughs> thank you thank you thanks for having me yeah yeah thanks for being here <laughs>